John 1, verses 14 to 20. And the word, that is Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Okay, well, it's good to be uh, back here together again, reflecting on this next section of John's Gospel together. On your table in the middle, there's little handouts. It has a little outline that you might find helpful to follow along with uh, so that you can track with me. Now, over the past few weeks uh, in Gospel in the City, we've been looking at this very majestic opening of John's Gospel. It's really perfect for this time of the year because, in a sense, John answers the the questions that, that are relevant to us at this time of the year, namely this, what is Christmas really all about? And you can approach this chapter by asking the kind of who, what, and why questions about Jesus and about Christmas. Who is Jesus? Well, this is what John begins his gospel by answering. He says, in the beginning was the word. And John uses this enigmatic term to speak of the identity of Jesus Christ. Jesus existed eternally with God. He shares God's divine nature. He is the author of life, God's self-expression, self-revelation. Who is Jesus? This is where John begins. If you want to get Christmas, you need to start with the who is Jesus question. But John goes on to say, well, what? What is the event that is the center of Christmas? What is at the very heart of the celebration of Christmas? And he answers that, and we reflected on this last week in verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So John is saying Christmas is about Jesus Christ coming down into the world. God becoming a baby taking on human nature. And we said that's good news last week because this means our God gets us. In every other world religion and world system where humanity has to try to attain onto God, in Christianity, uniquely, our God comes to us. He takes our nature. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities and our weaknesses. So who is Jesus? Well, he is God. He is divine. He was with God in the beginning. What is at the heart of Christmas? It is God stepping down into the world, taking on human flesh. And why is this a big deal? Well, John answers the why question. And he does this by speaking of humanity's darkness problem. 
naturally we do not see God as beautiful and glorious. Naturally, our tendency is to to kind of push God away and say, well, I want to be the master of my own life. And I don't want to have God as the master of my life. We naturally prefer the darkness, in a sense, to the light. We could say that we are like kind of glory thieves. <laughs> Instead of wanting to glorify God, we, we want to take the glory ourselves. This is our darkness problem. But John tells us that Jesus stepped down into the darkness and he came to bring us light and life, another way to live. He spoke of being born again, having a fresh new start where we no longer just live for ourselves, but we live for God. That's what we've covered over the past three weeks, looking at the first 18 verses of John chapter 1. But there's something else here that I believe John really wants us to see in these opening verses. I think it's really there in the verses. And what John wants us to see is so instructive for helping us to understand how God uses real people in our lives to bring us to Jesus. So what I want us to do now is just almost take a step back and look back through John 1, verse, verses 1 through to verse 20 now. And I want us to see three lessons on the work of human witnesses in people coming to Jesus. And that's a bit of an unclear statement. But so, so what I want to do is just clarify that. We're going to look at three lessons here on how God uses people in our lives to bring us to Jesus or how God works through people to point us to the light of Christ. Okay, so lesson one, just very simply this. God uses human witnesses to bring people to Jesus. It's really simple. If you look at John chapter one in your little books, your little Bible there or on your electronic device, if you look down at the flow of John chapter one, it would be very natural after the first five verses, for verse 5 to flow into verse 9. So you see verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Then you would expect to just go to verse 9. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming in to the world. So you have to ask the question, well, why does John interrupt the narrative with verses 6, 7 and 8 about this testimony and this witness of John the Baptist. In fact, John does this repeatedly throughout this first chapter. He keeps interrupting his story about Jesus with this witness of John the Baptist. So if you look there, it's on your handout, just some of these, uh, th th these references. In John 1.15, we read, again, John bore witness about him, that is about Jesus. In verse 19, this is the testimony of John. Then, verse 32, and John bore witness. Verse 34, John the Baptist is speaking and says, I've seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. So John, the gospel writer, is really wanting us to see something here about the work of this man called John the Baptist, who was sent from God to be a witness 
to the light. And what I want to do is sort of sit back when I'm reading that and think, why the focus on John the Baptist? Why is John drawing us to John the Baptist in this as he's trying to unpack the truth about Jesus? And I think there are two simple reasons. Reason one, first, a historical reason. John has said that he's writing his gospel so that those who read it will believe that Jesus is the Christ, that is the Messiah, that is the long-expected Savior. The Jewish audience were expecting, because of the Old Testament scriptures, a Messiah to come, one who would come who would be the Christ, which means the anointed one, that the one sent from God to be a savior and a rescuer. And there are many Old Testament passages that build towards this expectation of the Messiah coming. But along with those passages, there is also an expectation that just before the Messiah would come, a herald would come, another would come who would prepare the way. In fact, the Old Testament closes in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 1, with God speaking through the prophet Malachi and say, Behold, I'm going to send my messenger who's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. And so there was an expectation that historically someone is going to precede the coming of Jesus. And John is writing to say, John the Baptist came just as we expected And that's how all the other gospel writers begin their gospel. They all focus on the witness of this man, John the Baptist, who would precede the coming of Jesus. So historically, I think John wants a Jewish audience to see, just as we expected, one came to bear witness to the coming of Jesus. But secondly, and what I think is more important, is that John wants us to see that God's way of bringing people to Jesus Christ is through using human witnesses sent by God. Look at verse 6. There was a man sent from God. He came to bear witness to the light. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Now, it's important that we understand what we mean by witness here. I love courtroom dramas. And I remember when I was younger watching the movie A Few Good Men. Does anyone remember that one? With uh, Tom Cruise, Demi Moore and Jack Nicholas, And this famous court, uh, court scene. I want answers. You want the truth. You can't handle the truth. That, that big scene. And uh, the, whole, the whole thing is made up from this courtroom drama. Uh, Tom Cruise calling witnesses to bear witness, testify to what they experienced, what they saw, what they heard in the relevant case. And so John is being really clear here. God has sent Jesus into the world as the light of the world. He is the place where we meet with God. He is the one who brings hope and light in our darkness, in all the insecurity, all the fear, all the oppression of sin. Jesus can bring light into our darkness. But how do people come to Jesus? And John's being really clear here. John, the gospel writer. God sends Jesus into the world, but he also sends men and women into the world to bear witness to the light, to point people to Jesus. In Romans 10, verse 17, the apostle Paul, follower of Jesus, writes, Faith, belief, comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. 
When someone becomes a Christian, there will always, always have been a person sent from God who bore witness to the light. Think back yourself. If you're here and you're a Christian, who was that person in your life sent from God to bear witness to the light? Might have been a Sunday school teacher, a parent, a brother, a sister, a Christian friend, or a Christian colleague. John says, John the Baptist came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Maybe you're here and you would say, well, I'm not a Christian. I'm, I'm not yet. I'm, I'm interested. I've got questions. I'm not sure about that. Perhaps God has been sending witnesses into your life. People who've been bearing witness, testifying, sharing their own relationship with Jesus. What they have found in believing in him. How he has brought them from darkness to light. And maybe part of their invitation for you to come here is them bearing witness to the light. But think of it like this. Could God have sent that person into my life? Because God is reaching out to me because he wants to bring me into a relationship with himself to know light and life through Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been ignoring those witnesses and it's like a great gracious loving signpost that God has been putting in front of you day after day and you've just been saying, I don't want to look at the witness, I don't want to follow that signpost, I don't want to know. One of the ways God brings us to Jesus in fact, I would say the primary way God brings us to Jesus is through the work of human beings who are bearing witness, sharing their own relationship with Jesus. And so as you think of who those people have been in your life, give thanks inwardly, even now in your heart. Or if you're here and you know God has been sending those witnesses and you've been ignoring them, perhaps I could encourage you to stop ignoring the gracious witnesses that God is sending into your life. This brings me to the second point just on our outline. If one of God's primary ways of bringing us to the light of Jesus is through the work of human witnesses, then surely for those who are Christians, the goal of sharing or witnessing or evangelizing, as we call it, is to shine light on the light that is Jesus. Let me illustrate what, what I mean. I, I really enjoy all sports. And uh, I remember back uh, in 2016, I think it was, watching the Rio Olympics. And what is kind of the, apart from the rings, what is kind of the symbol at the heart of the Olympics? The hope, the, the, the life. It's the Olympic torch, isn't it? it? It's probably on its way from somewhere to somewhere right now. <laughs> uh, and, and, and right at the center of the the, the opening ceremony, the closing ceremony, it all centers around this torch. And I remember really vividly watching as darkness fell in Rio. And at the center of the opening ceremony was this um, Olympic torch. But there were also these four big floodlights that were floodlighting the light. And I think that's a, a helpful illustration to think of the calling of the Christians who are called to bear witness to the light. Evangelism, sharing what you have in Jesus, means pointing people to the light. And this means, 
as you prepare for the carol service next week and think of who you might invite, our evangelism primarily must always center on us talking about Jesus. There's a place for ethical discussions, apologetics, and social action. But the heart of our evangelism, must, we must major on speaking about Jesus. What we have found in him, his person, his work, what he means to us. A Welsh pastor, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who's, who's now dead, he, he said in exasperation once, we have enough defenders of the faith. What we need is more witnesses. People who will share what Jesus means to them and what they have found in Jesus Christ. I remember when I lived in Madagascar from 2009 to 2011, I, was, I had a Muslim friend and he, everything I was doing in, in sharing my own faith, it was all very much apologetics, arguments for why I believe the Bible's reliable, why uh, I believe it makes sense that Jesus is indeed divine. And I was getting nowhere and, and, and it was just argument, argument, argument. And I remember once just in exasperation, I thought back to this, my calling is to be a witness. And I just said to him in exasperation one evening in French, I just said, I have met Jesus and he has changed my life and he is my, my world. And I just sought to try and share with him what Jesus means to me and how I believe he is true and what he says is true and how he is the light of life. So our calling as Christians is to bear witness and to talk about Jesus appropriately with gentleness and humility to floodlight the light. This brings me then simply to the, the third little point on our outline. And this comes from verses 19 and 20. And again, something that John the Baptist says repeatedly in John chapter 1 and on forward through John's gospel. We have to remember that we are not the Christ Here's what we read in verse 19. This is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. One pastor has said, we learn here in John chapter 1, the necessity of human witness and the not of human witness. A great necessity, God uses human witnesses to bring people to Jesus, but a great not of human witness, we have to remember we are not the Christ. John repeatedly denies in 1.8, we read, he is not the light. In 1.15, John says, he who comes after me ranks before me. In John chapter 3, verse 28, John the Baptist again says, I am not the Christ. As I said at the start, we all have a problem in that we are glory thieves. I know that sounds strong, but think about it. We drift from pointing people to the light of Christ, to the light of God. And instead, we find ourselves drawing light towards us. We want glory. We want praise. We want affirmation from people. We insert ourselves into the center of our own lives and we seek praise and recognition. But there's a great problem with this. This makes us, as humans, inherently insecure. If you are needing 
praise and affirmation and people to like you all the time, you're always going to be afraid that people don't like me. It's going to make you inherently insecure. We try to be the sun, a source of light, when our calling is to be more like the moon. (laughs) We're called to reflect the light. The angelic announcement of Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, went like this. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men. In a sense, there we have a celebration of the glory of God but a statement that defines our need. Because we have sought to steal the glory from God to ourselves, we lack peace. The angelic announcement tells us that Jesus comes to rightly restore glory to God, to change our lives so that we will love the glory of God again and then know peace and rest in a relationship with God. So in all your witnessing, sharing, remember to keep pointing people to Jesus. Don't try to draw the light towards yourself because in the end, you can't help people like Jesus can. So let me conclude. This Christmas, wherever you're at in your own experience with God and your own faith, pay attention to the witnesses that God is sending into your life. Don't push them away. Second, let's make it our work to point people to the light, to be like those floodlights that shed light on the Olympic torch. And keep reminding yourself day after day, because it will be for your own good, I am not the Christ. I cannot be the saviour. Drawing glory to me is not going to help people and it's going to make me insecure. I can find my rest, my peace, in surrendering the glory back to God and living my life for Him.